Woke up quick at about noon. And we welcome you in here to the weekly edition of the podcast with Damian Barling, presented by Vibe Health Bar here on the Be Heard podcast platform. Make sure you check out Vibe Health Bar in their three locations in East Sacramento, Woke Park, in Folsom. You know, they got the best green juices and all of the planet. You know, that birthday suit is where it's at. Man, what a fucked up week. My goodness, what an absolutely extraordinary week, man. I I was going through some, you know, as I, I, I told you about on the last uh, last week's show, I, I, I handle all of the social media accounts, and it's it's tough because we're, we're, you know, ESPN never, 1320 never really paid attention to their social media accounts, never really paid attention to Instagram, and never paid attention to Instagram at all, never really did much with Twitter either, and so it's kind of like, you know, if I really had my way, I'd be building those things from scratch and kind of just starting all over. But like, I, I'm sort of doing that in the process. You know, I'm sort of doing that in my process of of taking them over. Uh, it's happening on Instagram. If you in the other difficult part is I'm trying to grow the social media accounts of uh, at Delo and KC as well. In addition to be heard, so I'm I'm trying to become like the social media expert, or I do all of these different things. And when Kenny and I record the show each day. Uh, we have Zoom calls set up so we can see each other because nonverbal communication is super important. So, you know, we've got the camera set up. And, you know, when, when we have a something that we like from the show and we want to put out on social media and, you know, promote the show, put it out there at DLo and KC on Twitter and Instagram and same thing with ESPN 1320, you know, we put the clips together and get them out there. And so... You know, I, I think I did that most days this week. And then we got to Wednesday. And Wednesday was the day that the Bucks. Wednesday was the day that everything kind of happened. And I, that show was really, really difficult for me because I started to, you know, as I went, it's so, but like, I'll post the clip this weekend. You know, I don't know when you're listening to this. I'm, I'm obviously releasing it Saturday morning. And there's a plethora of, you know, there's NBA games. You know, the playoffs are, are kind of getting back in action. We're basically picking up where we left off. Uh, Orlando and Milwaukee this 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 afternoon, followed by uh, Oklahoma City and the return of Russell Westbrook. Uh, Portland and in, in, in the Los Angeles Lakers. So depending on when you're listening to this, those games are about to happen. Maybe those games are going on. Maybe they just ended. But you know, we got to we got we we got to the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, not coming out and, and, and being a part of that game against Orlando. And I started to, I realized quickly what was happening. And there had been rumors around the, the, the Raptors and the Celtics have, potentially being, particularly, it sounded like, it sounded like it, that there was a potential boycott coming for that game one uh, of that second round series with, with the Raptors and the Celtics. And it sounds like it was being pushed by Toronto. Now, I don't know if this was something that Toronto and Boston were both going to do. We were working on finding that out. We were working on booking guests for that. And then and then this thing with Milwaukee happened. And I, I recognized quickly, and I bring up social media because I went back and I put together this compilation video that will come out sometime this weekend about kind of how the how that moment progressed and how the how the news kind of went on through through the next couple of days. And it, it's it, it's funny seeing my reaction. Like going back and watching that is weird because Kenny and I both realized in that moment, and I, I didn't let it play for too long, but like I played enough of before we announced the moment, like you can see Kenny, you know, instead of looking at the camera, his eyes are kind of shifting to a television screen that he has in the upper left corner of his room. And he's like, you see his eyes shifting and it's you, you, when you see me on the camera, you see me, I'm looking down at my phone. Now, mind you, I've got a screen in front of me that has Kenny on it. I got another screen to my right that has the show rundown, uh, an important station information. And then we have this inner inner office communication, um, app that we use. And I have that pulled up on the screen in case our board op, or our program director is trying to reach us. So I have all of that on like a dual screen monitor setup. And then on, on my computer, I have Twitter uh, and I have a, a couple of other notes, like what sound we're going to play and things like that. But I, I still get the pop-up alerts. I still get the push notifications on my phone. And a push notification came in while Kenny was talking. 
And I'm looking down at it, and it's funny because you go from seeing Kenny's eyes like looking at the TV, like something is, I, I think something's happening. I'm trying to keep my eye on it. And then he comes back to me, and I'm looking at my phone, and then that we both recognized, okay, something's happening. And, you, you know, there's this moment where I, I'm like silent. Like there's about, you know, this doesn't sound very long, but in radio it's an eternity. And you, know, you guys know more than anybody, I like to let stuff breathe. I like the silence to speak. And I think if you do it right, silence can, silence can be, you know, the loudest person in the room. And when Kenny finishes talking, because we weren't talking about the game, we were, we, the, the, the show that day, you know, coming out of the, coming out of the Jacob Blake shooting and the reaction to, you know, we had, we had, you know, we were starting, we, we were going through that thing, you know, I was feeling a range of emotions and you guys know. You guys already know how I am. And, you know, the show had a heavy social impact that day. Like a lot of people were calling and talking and sharing things and thoughts and ideas and whatever. And we had taken a few calls. So there was a there was already a heavy social influence on the show that day. But when Kenny comes back to me, like I'm I don't say anything. And I'm looking at my phone because I'm trying to I'm always hesitant that news is going to break, especially stuff that's not definitive. Like the, the, the stuff that like is developing, I'm always afraid that something's going to happen and I'm not going to like communicate it properly. And so when it, when, when Kenny stopped, I just, I stayed silent and I read over what I was looking at. And I'm, I'm it's, I think it was a tweet from Malika Andrews. If I, if I remember correctly. And it was she had tweeted that that the that the that the it was there was about three minutes left on the game clock and the Bucks hadn't come out yet to you know they hadn't come out to take part in warmups and it and and right away we realized okay something's happening and I think I know what it is we both we were both confident we knew what we were seeing and it wasn't you know that was that was right near the top of the one o'clock hour and we you know we tried to explain what was happening. I didn't have, I actually, because, because that, I think that was the day, maybe the first, that was only the first or second day that there wasn't like a 10 or a 10 30 game. So I didn't have my screen set up. I wasn't, I didn't have any TV on. Um, that's a screen that I just left out. And so Kenny was explaining what was happening on the screen as I was kind of setting my iPad up to stream, you know, the, the stream in NBA TV and, and kind of, visualize what was happening and it was just it and then it just hit us like okay we're we're witnessing a moment that I think is going to be talked about for the rest of our lives like we're, we're witnessing you know that moment and as the the week went along and we had guys like Howard Bryant on and you guys know more than anybody how much I love Howard Bryant like Howard Bryant is the reason that Be Conscious exists and you know David Steele who did Be Conscious episodes with me as well we had so many conversations. We had Eric Armstead on earlier in the week. He was talking about, you know, his initiative, his 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 you know desire to use his platform. And this was before Jacob Blake, but or actually, I take it back. It wasn't before Jacob Blake. It was before the protest. It was right as Jacob Blake happened. I think it was the day after that we had him on. We had him on on Tuesday. So you know, you think about all of those conversations and just kind of how the week progressed, and it's such an amazing. It, it was such an amazing week and amazing in a great way, amazing in a horrible way. I mean, it's ca- how like, man, you're now you're taking the Black Panther from us. And it, like that last, I mean, last night was a, just another one of those. Like, you've got to be kidding me moments. And, you know, Chadwick Boseman is a, he's a phenomenal actor. But. And I, and I don't, he, you know, like it or not, there there's a. I, I think there are roles like Al Pacino is a phenomenal actor. To me, I don't care about Casino or or, or Heat or you know any given Sunday. He's he's Michael Corleone. Like he, he, I mean, and he's he's different. You know, he has a lot of roles that you could say define him. And maybe the other one is Tony Montana. Maybe it's Scarface. But I think the role that defines 
Al Pacino is is Michael Corleone, even more so than 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 Scarface, even more so than Tony Montana. But they're all but they're great. the The point is, those are all great movies, right? Those are all great characters. But look at the characters that look at look at who Chad. They're not even characters. Like look at the people that Chadwick Boseman portrayed in movies. Dude, he was Jackie Robinson. He was Floyd Little. He was James Brown and Thurgood Marshall. He played all of those people. His filmography is a list of black icons. And then he becomes the Black Panther. He's T'Challa. He's the first black superhero. And the impact that Chadwick Boseman as the Black Panther had on young black men and women. Not, not just kids. Hell, the, the impact that Chadwick Boseman had as the Black Panther on black people, period, is something that's going to be felt forever. As James Brown, he's playing in an existing icon. As Jackie Robinson, he's playing an existing icon. As Thurgood Marshall, he's playing an existing icon. As T'Challa, he's becoming the black icon. As the Black Panther, he's now put himself in a position where someone's going to play him in the movie. And on top, I mean, you, you think about the week that we've had, like, you took the Black Panther from us? We couldn't even have that. And that was, <laughs> it's just like one of those, and I remember I, I was, I had just finished working. I was like, all right, it was about seven o'clock. I had done a whole bunch of social media stuff that's going to go out, you know, during during this weekend. I wanted to make sure we we kept the momentum for the show. People saw what we did. And, you know, so I really hunkered down after the show ended at two o'clock. I was like, I'm going to get these videos done. We're going to release them, you know, throughout the weekend. And, you know, seven o'clock just hopped in the quick quick shower, just kind of refreshed myself, sat down for dinner. I saw I saw a notification come through my phone and all I saw was from The Hollywood Reporter. So I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Just looked at it, Hollywood Reporter, like whatever. All right, finished dinner, sat down, ready to watch. You know, I don't know. I, pr- I was I was probably just gonna like stream Blackish or just something to re- just chill. I just wanted to shut off, and I grabbed my phone, and there was the Hollywood Reporter notice, followed by you know a dozen or so tweet notifications. And it's another one of those, you know, not it, not not the same as as Kobe Bryant because I didn't have the text and the calls and all of that stuff. But in terms of the reaction of like you stare at something because you think you're reading it wrong, like Chadwick Boseman, the Black Panther. No, wait, he had, and and then there's the other thing. Like, wait a minute, did I know that he had cancer? And I start like replaying everything that I've read, every interview that I've seen. I was like, I don't think I knew that he had cancer. Like, how did I miss this? What sort of... I'm supposed to provide information for people. How the hell did I not know this? Obviously, nobody did. It, it was purposely kept quiet. And it was another one of those, just like you stare and you look at it and you don't think that what you're reading is real. And, you know, obviously it it it, it is. And you see the post that that went out from his account, from his family and... You see the response, you know, when the the Tonight Show clip makes the rounds and it's like, well, let's get back to work. Let's put together some graphics, try to do them some justice, put together some tributes. And it it's just another one of those things where. And I and I do think, you know, no matter how much you appreciate movies, how, no matter how much you appreciate fine actors. I think Chadwick Boseman, because of the Black Panther and because of the people that he portrayed, 
is more special to the black community. Because of that, it's it's like, uh, I don't know that this is a, a fair example. If it's not, forgive me. But I feel like Christopher Reeves is held in, in really high regard. And I don't mean that Christopher Reeves is held in high regard by white people. I feel like he's held in really high regard because he's Superman. And they're, uh, they're like, well, the, the Superman is Christopher Reeves. Now, you could do all of these other Superman movies. You could do Superman TV shows. You could do Smallville. You could do all of this other stuff. But, but Superman is Christopher Reeves. And I, I like, cool. Like, I'm, I'm with that. I've never been, in, I, in fact, I, I, I've never been a comic book movie person. And the only Marvel movie I think I've ever seen is Black Panther. I really wanted to see the Avengers stuff. And I used to ask people who were really into these types of things, like, hey, what was the, what, what's the last one called? Is it called, the, 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 is it called Endgame? Or it, whatever the, the whatever the last two Avengers were, I really wanted to watch them, and I'd say, "Hey, can you watch these if you haven't seen the other like twenty six movies?" And then half the people would be like, "Yeah, of course you could." And the other people would be like, "Oh my god, no! You cannot watch it without seeing the other twenty six movies or twenty seven movies or million movies or whatever it is." And so I just suck. <laughs> I forget it. I'm not gonna watch it. Never mind. And I've tried like a few times to sit down, and it's it's hard. I really like need to be able like I have to really want to watch a movie to be able to sit still for two and a half hours. And it, it happened last weekend. I sit because I had been wanting to watch Queen and Slim for months. I Queen and Slim I wanted to see in the theater, but it you know, I always want to see stuff in the theater and I never wind up getting to the theater. But I, I really wanted to see it, and so I knew, you know, time had passed, and it, it was on video. I just never got to it, and then I saw it show up on HBO Max, and it's like, okay, I've been wanting to see this for months. Sit down, hunk, and watch it, and uninterrupted, two hours and 15 minutes, I was glued to my television screen. That doesn't happen very often. Like, I don't get... I don't get pulled into those movies. And I tried to watch the, the Avengers movies like once or twice and my attention. Just got, it just got pulled elsewhere. I've never, I I've never, again, I don't think I've seen. And if I've, if, if I'm, if I can't think of another one, like I haven't even seen guard. I don't know if guardians of the galaxy is even a Marvel movie, but the only one that I know for sure that I've seen is the black Panther. And I tried to watch the Avengers. It just, it, it never came to, I just couldn't lock in on it. Like all the everyone, you know, that period where everyone was making the Thanos references. I didn't know what the hell we were talking about. I've put the context together by how many times I've seen the references, but I've never seen the actual movie because I've never had the desire to. I'm like, I'd like to, but like now, I mean, there's no chance in me seeing this movie for. I, I probably there's probably no chance in me watching uh, a, a bunch of movies until you know probably next what February. You know, we're heading into football season. This is going to be the busiest football season I've ever had. We're going to be doing some stuff on 1320 uh, every single week, and I'm going to be doing some stuff with Marshall Harris uh, pretty much every single week on CBS. So it's, it's Sundays is a full-on work day. And, you know, Saturdays, I don't know what Saturdays is going to look like. I guess college football is getting ready to start. I, I don't really know. It's uh, allegedly at least some college football is getting ready to start. After that massive backpedal, by the Big Ten, what cowards! The Big Ten spent all of this time talking about how we're 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 not revisiting this. Like this is not open for debate. This is not a conversation. This is what we are telling you. Big Ten football is not happening. We're hoping we can get something going in January. It would be super if we could get something going by January. But maybe we're talking about the spring now. All of a sudden. The Big Ten is talking about Thanksgiving because they're under pressure. They're under pressure because they realize all of these other conferences are starting. Three of the five conferences are starting. Now I'm just waiting for the Pac-12 to back down and go like, yeah, no, no, this was the plan all along. We're definitely going to we're definitely going to play college football. So I I I there I I absolutely want to watch the Avengers movies. And I know that Chadwick Boseman plays a major part in, in those two. 
At least I'm saying like there's only two, the two most recent ones. But Black Panther was, it was a cultural event. Like it wasn't just a movie. It was, it, 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 it was like a happening. Like it, it was something that you desperately wanted to be a part of. You know, with all of the different premieres that were going on, like there were sold out shows, you know, across every theater in town for weeks. You just wanted to get to it. Like I had to see that movie in the theater. I had to. And I had to see it early. Like, or, or, or you know, like I couldn't wait months to see it. Like I had to see it when it came out. And I didn't, I've never, I don't think I've ever felt that way about a movie before. I don't care what type of hype the movie had. This was different. The Black Panther was different. Because we knew, culturally, we knew what it meant. And then you watch the movie and you have these... You know, you have like these moments of like hope and you have these moments of, you know, an acknowledgement of history and you don't forget those ever. And it wasn't just T'Challa, it was Killmonger. It was... Every character in the movie had, you know, a definitive role, had it a definitive place for black people in 2020, whether it was strong black women, or whether it was, you know, standing up against, you know, against the system. That was all in there. And it wasn't framed as America. It wasn't framed as America. It wasn't done anything like that. But if, but you knew what you were watching. We're not, we know what we're seeing. And to lose him last night was just, it's just brutal. It's just brutal. Then you wake up to find out Clifford Robinson passed away. Yeah, I know Clifford Robinson isn't a, you know, he's not a Michael Jordan or a Magic Johnson, but he's a name I think most basketball fans of a certain age know. They certainly remember the headband. You remember those Portland Trailblazers teams. You remember that 1992 team that played the Chicago Bulls in the NBA Finals. You absolutely remember Cliff Robinson. 100%. I mean, he was a star at UConn. He was the sixth man of the year in 1993. Like He was a good ball player. I know he was an all-star. At least once he was an all-star. But it's like, man, we just... It's like this, you know... People talking about 2020. The year won't let up. And 2020 has had a just a a frustrating and painful impact on most people. But when you realize what 2020 has been for the black community, in which because of inequality in healthcare, the the spread of COVID within the black community, and you remember the loss of Kobe Bryant all the way back in February. And, you know, Chadwick Boseman passing away from an illness we didn't even know that he had to Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Aubrey. And now we've got, now we've got 17-year-old white kids being hailed as heroes because they were shooting protesters. White people are holding a killer in high regard. I have seen people under contract for organizations like the UFC, which would be a which should be no surprise given that Jack Off, who runs the league, appeared at the Republican National Convention. 
Dana White is and always has been one of the biggest piece of shits in all of sports. He's clearly one of the biggest piece of shits on the planet, period. But you look at the people that he employs, and they're hailing this person as a hero. This 17-year-old murdered people. Murdered them. And is hailed as a hero. Taken into custody, by the way, without incident. I guess the officers didn't feel for their life. I guess they weren't afraid of him. And what's there to be afraid of? Right? 17-year-old kid, why would you be afraid of him? They are 15. Nah, nothing to be afraid of there. I mean, it's not like he was wearing a hoodie. It's not like he was walking around with Skittles or an iced tea in his hand because that would be threatening. That's what 17-year-old black children get murdered over. But when you're 17 and white, you can carry around an AR-15. You can pick off a couple of people at a protest and white people will hail you as a hero. Conservative white people will hail you as a hero. And those people will be employed. They'll be employed because their employer probably agrees with them. And I guess that's the dangers of the UFC essentially being the only game in town. It's not that different than the WWE, right? The WWE is always going to be the, it's the pinnacle. Like if you want to be a professional wrestler, you want to be in the WWE. It's been like that since the mid-80s. And with that come sacrifices. You're a talent. You have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice, particularly if you're a person like Big E or Kofi Kingston or you're any black performer there. You have to go there understanding that the family that runs that organization does not think of you on equal grounds as they do. I don't care how often the McMahon family touts Martin Luther King. I don't care how many people close to Vince McMahon say that, oh, he... He greatly admires Dr. King. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. But he decided that he could throw $30 million of money. He could throw $30 million behind a president or presidential nominee at the time. Presidential candidate. He could throw all of that money behind him and say, you know... Ah, he's racist, but that's not really a deal breaker. I mean, we did have Slick on our show. It's not that bad to be racist. I mean, we did have Akeem the African Dream, who was a white guy, who would shuck and jive in a dashiki while managed by Slick, who was a pimp. I mean, it's not like racism is a deal breaker. I mean, we once told Booker T he can't be the WWE champion with his nappy hair and his dancing. That's what Triple H told us. Triple H is next in line for the company, right? Like, that's, that's, that's what we've learned. But if you want to be a wrestler, you want to be in the WWE. And until AEW was able to establish themselves as the number one company in the world, that's always going to be the case. And not only is AEW going to have to establish themselves as the number one company in the world, they're going to have to do it for a long time. Because WCW was once the number one company in the world, and it didn't last long. They were the number one company in the world for a very, very short period of time. Same is true for the UFC. Like people often call mixed martial arts, oh, UFC fighter. Well, no, it's it's mixed martial arts. It's an MMA. Wrestling, it's WWE. Like, no, there's actually other wrestling companies. But the, but the pinnacle is the WWE. The pinnacle is the UFC. And with that, you have to make sacrifices. If you want to be in the UFC and you want to make the type of money that the UFC pays, you've got to make sacrifices. And those sacrifices are working for Dana White. Working for people who have decided that racism isn't that big of a deal. That Donald Trump's words don't tear apart this country at all. That Donald Trump's fear-mongering, that's not a big deal. No, it's cool. 
we're good. It's not that different than some of these NFL owners. And hell, I mean, those are only public ones. Many of us may work for companies who back Donald Trump. I know the last company I worked for has some pretty twisted views. And I know that last company I worked for were Trump supporters. I am a thousand percent confident of that. I don't think the people that I worked directly with were. But the people above them in the corporate offices, oh, they were. For sure. But we got to make paychecks. We got to earn money. And we're certainly not, or I'm certainly wasn't earning the money that a, a UFC fighter would make or a WWE performer. But we, we, we all make sacrifices. And it's a shame. It's a shame that we have to sacrifice that part of our soul. You know what I mean? Because that's gross. And truthfully, there shouldn't, it's sad that that's even a conversation. It's one thing to have Republicans and Democrats. Like that's, 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 that's bloods and crips. It's forever. East side, west side, north, south. You got to pick a set. You got to pick a side. That's always been the case. I don't know why we do that. It's like you got to pick a team. You got to have some affiliation. Kings, Lakers, Yankees, Red Sox, Cowboys, Washington. You got to pick somebody. You got to ride. You got to ride. NFL, NBA, MLB, pick someone. Giants, Dodgers, who you got? Because you got to be affiliated with something. We always do that. Every walk of life. Big ear Pac. Jay or Nas. You, you could run through 150 billion different examples of how this is the case. Hogan or Flair? Rock or Austin? You got to pick. In society, we have to pick. And we do that with the two-party system. We've got to pick. The difference is, Rock or Austin? Now we can have a fun conversation about it. Giants-Dodgers? That's a fun conversation. It's a little bit more heated. Fun conversation. Kings-Warriors? Kings, Lakers. Kings don't really have rivalries, but I'm trying to work the Kings in here somewhere. Eh, mostly good natured. Not always. I mean, in person, I'm not talking about on social media. Social media is not the real world. And in person, it's mostly good natured. But it's, it's the old, was it Dave Chappelle joke? Hey, Republican or Democrat? Like, whoa! I want to talk about that. I'm trying to tell you about having sex with my wife and you're asking me all these personal questions. We've, we've got to pick and, and we get really, get really antsy. We, we've made, we've made politics this. These are things that you don't bring up. And it's, I, 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 is it, is it passion? Is it, you're not supposed to bring up politics or religion. What? Well, why not? Why can't we talk about politics? Why can't you explain to me why you support Donald Trump? Not, not in an angry way. Not in a combative way or a defensive way. And that's what I tell people. That's what I tell people every time we talk about the upcoming election. If you're a subscriber over on Patreon, you heard the recent conversation with Kamara Williams. I'm not of the belief any of these polls are real. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, they're a double-digit lead. Donald Trump's comeback would be insurmountable be once in history. Nobody has ever done this before. Oh, you guys are so dumb. You're falling for this bullshit again. Y'all did not learn from 2016. Because what, what happens, unlike George Bush, unlike either of the George Bushes, unlike Bill Clinton, or Al Gore, or Mitt Romney, President Obama, Hillary Clinton, unlike any of them, there is a large portion 
of our population that I'm a thousand percent confident is voting for Donald Trump, but they're not telling anybody. Why? Well, because they're embarrassed by it. It's, they're, they, 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 they don't want to face the scrutiny that comes with saying who you're voting for. You know people. There are people in your circle that are voting for Donald Trump and you don't know it. There are people who remain a little strangely silent anytime the conversation of politics come up and they're voting for Donald Trump. I must, I know every person who is listening to this uh, isn't uh, like, I, I know everybody listening to this doesn't think exactly like I do. You've, you've many, many of you have mentioned that and I welcome that. But for those that do think like I do, you've got friends who have not told you and will never tell you they're voting for Donald Trump. There's a large chunk of the population, I think, that is voting for Donald Trump in secret. And you're going to see this double-digit lead that Kamala Harris and, and, and um, Joe Biden have. You're going to see that disappear quick. It's useless. It means nothing. It's silly. How do we even get on politics? Oh, yeah, I was bitching about Dana White. That's why. That is why there was more politics in sports, like actual politics, not, you know, because black people asking not to be murdered. That's not, or sorry, I guess we have to clarify this. Black people asking not to be shot in the back seven times, paralyzed, but still survive isn't political. But President Obama did talk with LeBron James and Chris Paul over the course of the last couple of days, advising them on 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 how to move forward after the Milwaukee Bucks spontaneously. It was it was quite you know once we went to bed Wednesday night. I went to bed. I, I won't speak for anybody else. I went to bed Wednesday night thinking the season was over. Reading you know the the, the reports about uh, the Lakers and the Clippers, and you know that 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 was later you know kind of clarified and, and explained a little bit further in that the Lakers and, and Clippers were in solidarity with the Bucks, And if the Bucks didn't feel like they didn't want to play anymore, then let, let's end it. Let's be over with. And, and it was kind of a, I think they phrased it as it wasn't a vote. It was more of a poll. It was much like the polls we were just talking about, right? Don't believe them. Well, I believe the one that went out in, 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 in the Lakers and the Clippers, that's strong enough because if they decided they weren't playing, I think the season's over. Like if they said, well, I don't care how you, I don't care how you guys vote. Like we're not coming back, which isn't the way that the NBA is operated. And, and that was another thing that, that you know, was it, uh, allegedly from reports was a point of contention that the Bucks acted without speaking to anybody. And I want to, you know, I think that's worth touching on too. Because from what we heard, it was George Hill who went to the locker room and broached the idea of boycotting the game. And I want you to consider that for a minute. Not Chris Paul or LeBron or Giannis or James Harden. It was George Hill and I'm not trying to knock George Hill, but he's certainly not on the level of those other guys. He's not a superstar player. He's a fine NBA player. He's an NBA guy. That's it. He's going to have a fine NBA career. He'll, make, he'll have you know, good money for the rest of his life. His family will be, be well taken care of. He's made a good living as a professional basketball player. But he's not that. He doesn't have commercials. He's not a superstar of that ilk. Nothing, nothing of the, nothing, nothing at all along those lines. And it was him. And then you, you look at George Hill. Hey, what do you think about boycotting? Or however the conversation went. I don't know that I want to play this game. What, do you, what, what if we sat out? What kind of change do you think we can make if we sat this game out? And then the Bucks go to follow. This game isn't being played. The Orlando Magic get wind of it. This game isn't being played. Within the second we got the official word that the Bucks were boycotting the game, one of the first things I said on ESPN 1320 was, there is no way an NBA game is being played today. 
there's no way LeBron James can take the court. There's no way Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul can take the court. Like, basketball today is over. And we learned, I mean, we, we, we learned quickly. It was done. Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook were, were, were meeting as the, after the story started to develop. By the time this story started to break right around 1 o'clock our time, and just before 1 o'clock our time, by 1.17, it was official. I remember coming back from the commercial break, and it was official. We usually get back from commercial about 1.17. And the tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski had come out that the Bucks were not playing, like the the game was not happening. By the time we got off the air, all three games had been boycotted, or or excuse me, the two other games had been boycotted. So again, I want you to think of this from the perspective of George Hill when you start to think about what that conversation that he brought up, what that what if turned into turned into the WNBA uh, canceling games for the next two days. Of course, as, as, as we know, it wasn't just a boycott of, of that Wednesday. We didn't have any basketball on Thursday or Friday. We had a second shutdown of the NBA season because of what George Hill said in that locker room. We saw the NHL postpone the, their playoffs because of what George Hill said in that locker room. We saw Major League Baseball, who has no room for air in their schedule, canceling games. We saw the Oakland A's and the Houston Astros walk off the diamond. We're not playing. We saw people from, we saw NFL practices all over the country canceled because of what George Hill said in that locker room. We saw a, a, a statement come out from the NBA and the NBA Players Association about voting initiatives that need to go into effect, that uh, arenas turning stadiums and, and, and arenas and, or excuse me, teams turning arenas into polling places. All of that because George Hill said, hey, what if we don't play this game? What if we boycott this game? George Hill now, I hope, and I can play a minuscule part in this uh, with the people who are so, with, with you, who are so awesome to listen to this show and and, and hopefully you're listening to D'Lo and Casey as well. To remind everybody, George Hill now is in the conversation with people like Tommy Smith and John Carlos. And I put him in the conversation with Colin Kaepernick and, and Muhammad Ali. It's different. It's different because Muhammad Ali made a huge sacrifice. Colin Kaepernick made a huge sacrifice. Tommy Smith and John Carlos, they wiped out their entire career. People may not know, those were two of the baddest track and field athletes on the planet when they won the gold and silver medal in 1968. And that was the end for them. Essentially, blackballed. George Hill, to this point, and I don't believe that, that, that he ever will have to because he's in the NBA, he didn't sacrifice anything, but that doesn't mean, and, and I've never been of the belief that to be a strong activist, you have to sacrifice something. Like People believe that about LeBron James. LeBron James has never sacrificed money. He's never sacrificed endorsements. He's never sacrificed any of that. I don't believe that to be an activist or to have a voice in the community, you have to sacrifice your whole livelihood. I think history has shown particularly back in the 60s, when you are an activist and you're speaking up for the black community, you are sacrificing. You're not willingly sacrificing, but you know that that's likely a result of what you're doing. Muhammad Ali sacrificed, Tommy Smith sacrificed, John Carlos sacrificed, Colin Kaepernick sacrificed. But George Hill's name should be mentioned with those great athletes because it was 
his conversation that sparked what we saw this week, an absolutely unprecedented week in sports. This, this was the moment that athletes stood up and says, said, we are in control. This wasn't a league shutting down because of a COVID outbreak. This wasn't a league shutting down because of a pandemic. This wasn't a league shutting down because of a national tragedy. This wasn't a league shutting down because of a national disaster or a natural disaster or any sort of disaster. This was the league shutting down because the players said, we're not playing. These were athletes taking their rightful position of power in this world of sports and saying, we're not playing. The problem is, is often happens with messages like this. Like I can sit here and talk about this stuff with you all I want. And as I've said, if you don't like, because I've always been open about my views, both politically and socially, if you don't agree with them, you didn't search out this podcast. Like this podcast isn't being forced on anyone. No one stumbled across it. Like if you stumble across D'Lo and KC this week and you didn't like what I had to say, you just turn the station. It's as simple as that. And you run that risk every time that you talk about stuff like this. I've talked, we've talked, it's been written about, you know, the, the endorsements where people are like, ah, you know, we, do, we, do, we definitely want to advertise with the station, but well, we're not going to do anything with that show. We're not going to do anything with him because he's a little, little, uh, little much. We don't want to do that. Too much, too controversial is what they said. But you didn't stumble across this podcast and think, hey, I'm going to listen to this guy. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's Black Lives Matter, my God. How dare he? I don't want to hear that. How oh, damn it. Turn this off. Like, no, like, you know. Right, you, you, you know how I think and you know how I feel. But if, if someone who is listening doesn't agree on these social issues, like if you legitimately listen because, and there obviously is someone because someone left me a bad iTunes review in January saying, why are you bringing up race and politics? Like I listen to you to escape that stuff. It's like, oh, do you know who the fuck I am? Did you, like, how did you, how did you find me? Where you thought that's was, that, that that was going to happen. But hey, you know, I get it. It happens. And I'm thankful. I'm glad you listen. I'm glad for you listen uh, for me to give you my thoughts on, on Orlando and, and, and Milwaukee. And uh, you tune in for my irrational love of Russell Westbrook or my thoughts on the Sacramento Kings dysfunction or, or who I think is going to, you know, prosper and stink. And then you could, you know, point and laugh at me when I'm wrong in the NFL season. Like, I understand that. But, but if, there's, if there's one person that's listening who, who doesn't think like I do, but I've given you the opportunity or I've, I've, I've opened your mind a little bit. Like, I'm thankful for that. But what happens so often with what George Hill did and what happens so often with what the NBA did is it's, that's not the league that needs to make this step forward. The NBA has nothing to prove. NBA players, they have nothing to prove. There is not a split amongst black players in the National Basketball Association that question each other's social initiatives. And if they do, they certainly don't do it publicly. And if you don't know what I'm alluding to, I'm alluding to Malcolm Jenkins and the Players Coalition. Because the league that what we saw this week needs to happen with is the NFL. And if it had just been one month later, the NBA season would still be going on. There would be less teams there, but the NBA season would still be going on. The NBA season, uh, the NFL season will be going on, and Major League Baseball will be going on. What would the NFL have done if their season had already started? Would a single marquee player, not the practice squad guy, not the black left tackle uh, who's third string, not the, not the special teams gunner, none of that. Would Deshaun Watson have said, nope, I'm out. I'm not doing this. Would Russell Wilson have said, eh, God bless you. Mm-mm. Go Hawks. I'm sitting this one out. Would Patrick Mahomes have said, hey, hey, look at my Super Bowl ring. 
I'm going to go admire it in the locker room. Because until this league starts to treat our voices the way that the NBA treats their voices, I'm not playing. And there's Jim Trotter reported that some players have considered sitting a game. Sitting a game in effort of making the league change and forcing the league to change their stance on social issues. Cool. But you kind of tipped your hand, fam. Like, think about this. Let's say, best case scenario, high, like top of the level, all pro, black players sit week one. I'm talking Lamar. I'm talking Patrick Mahomes. Talking Russ, Tyreek Hill, uh, Deshaun Watson. Hell, let's stick with quarterback. Terod Taylor sits. Dak, Dak Prescott. Big middle finger to Jerry Jones. I'm out. Ezekiel Elliott sits. If I'm an owner, I'm like, okay. Let's throw... Let's throw a couple million dollars at the Players Coalition and get them to shut up. Because you already said you were going to do it for a game. Like, you've, you you kind of tipped your hand here. Maybe you were just expressing frustrations to Jim Trotter. Jim Trotter acknowledged this is a very small group of people who have said this. But it's worth noting. He said there were prominent black players. Like, okay. There aren't very many prominent NFL players. I mean, there's a handful. The NFL is not about star making. The NFL is about the NFL. The NFL is about the Cowboys. The NFL is about the Raiders. The NFL is about the Eagles. It's about the 49ers. It's about the Seahawks. The point I'm trying to make, the NFL is about the NFL. It's about the teams. It's about the shield. It's about the brand. It's not about Deshaun or Lamar or Patrick. Hell, despite what people try to make you believe, it's not about Tommy either. It's not about Gronk. It's not about Carson. It's not about none of those guys. It's about the teams that they play for. And it will always be about the teams that they play for. So I don't, I, like, like I think this, this, this report that Jim Trotter had is insignificant. Like, it doesn't matter. Okay, they sat. They already said they were sitting for a week, so let's give Malcolm Jenkins some more money to... Do whatever he wants with, and let's just stop talking about this. What would have happened in the NFL if this, everything that had taken place, starting on Wednesday, happened in three weeks? Hell, what if it had happened in two weeks? What if Wednesday, the Milwaukee Bucks walk out and Thursday was the NFL opener. Remember, NBA, WNBA, NHL had all completely canceled their schedule and Major League Baseball had postponed a number of games. Or, or players had boycotted a number of games, depending on how it was reported. What would the NFL have done? We know what the league would have done. What would the black players in those leagues have done? Or on those teams, excuse me. What would they have done? Because if we fast forward two weeks, we're talking about the Chiefs and the Texans. What would Deshaun Watson have done? And it's terribly unfair. I recognize this to put these guys in that position. Terribly, terribly unfair. But, questions worth asking. Head over to SkyNaturalCBD.com. Uh, check out some of the great deals that they got going on there. Remember, you use the promo code in the game. You get a discount. Use the promo code in the game at SkyNaturalCBD.com. Get their uh, hemp oil extracts. That helps me sleep like a baby every single night. They've got some dog treats. I got some of those uh, for my girls for our next car trip. Uh, and I also use daily uh, the bomb, particularly on my hamstrings. Man, that thing is a godsend. So head over to SkyNaturalCBD.com and use the promo code in the game. Appreciate you so much uh, for tuning in. We've introduced some new podcasts on the Be Heard. Actually, can I give you some Be Heard news before we sign out here real quick? If you wouldn't mind, uh, I think you'll dig all of them. We've introduced a couple of new podcasts. I think last week I mentioned Sean and Vaughn were going to debut. Uh, they're here on the platform. I hope you'll check them out. Uh, and coming up, I'm pretty sure 
They've got an episode coming out this Thursday is a new Kings podcast called Watching the Tape. I've had Sanjus Singh here on this podcast before. I've had Sanjus on the Sacramento Kings podcast as well. And uh, he's a tremendous young mind. Many of you know Tim Maxwell uh, from Twitter and from the Kings Herald. Uh, he th- These are two really like numbers-driven analytical guys, and they're going to bring you a new Sacramento Kings podcast called Watching the Tape here on the Be Heard platform that I think you're going to love. Um, they are especially like you want detailed breakdowns. That is the show for you. I'm commentary. These guys are details. And I really think uh, you're going to dig it again. A new podcast here on the Be Heard platform called Watching the Tape. Uh, Deuce Mo and I, we announced uh, the, the whole Be Heard platform. Uh, we announced a partnership with Source Media and the SAC Unified School District, which we're really excited about. Uh, it's going to give us an opportunity to introduce young people into the world of media. And I was having a conversation uh, with some of the higher ups at Intercom, the company that owns ESPN, the company that I work for. And we were talking about, you know, because it was actually a conversation with my boss boss, my market manager that helped launch Be Heard because we were trying to identify, this was back in June. This was back the first week in June. And we were trying to identify why there was such a discrepancy, why there was no diversity in media on our radio stations. And, you know, the surface problem was the lack of diversity. The problem below the surface was introducing, you know, was having like a, uh, like, like a, like a way for people to get into media. And then below that was introducing people into our current form of media, which is a lot different than it was 20 years ago. And so that's, that's, that's why I started Be Heard. That's why we started Be Heard with Deuce and Mo because it, we're trying to introduce media to young people. And I found out, you know, there have been job postings at ESPN or excuse me, there have been job postings for various jobs at Intercom. Intercom owns, it's like five or six different stations. Like the end, uh, KSFM, obviously ESPN, 98 rock. Um, and the Eagle, I feel like I might be leaving one out, but those are the, Oh, and, and, and alt 94, seven. So six stations. And someone told me, you know, I'm in charge of the resumes that come in and we don't get it. There's no diversity in the resumes. And it goes back to a conversation that, that Kenny and I had with Matt Barnes last Friday. And it was, we don't, they don't, we don't have an introduction into this stuff. And so we're going to try to introduce young people to media. Because if we don't, dude, we're, we're, there's going to be no representation on the air at all. And we've got to fix that. And so that's what we're working on. And our first step is with SAC Unified School District. And we're so, 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 so very excited about that. So uh, we've got a new youth-led podcast called We Dream that's going to be debuting on the Be Heard platform in the coming weeks. So I hope you'll continue to check out the various podcasts. Uh, you know, we don't go on the air until 12 o'clock every day. That gives you plenty of time to check out Deuce and Mo is your morning show. There is no better morning show in the market than what they offer. That's for sure. You can also check out Sean and Vaughn. They drop every single Tuesday. Watching the tape is going to debut on uh, Thursday. Uh, of course, you got J Street Vibes. They drop multiple episodes, including one just a couple of nights ago. So make sure you check that out. If you need help finding them, just search Be Heard. In your podcast platform, just search Be Heard in Apple Podcasts, and all of our podcasts will come up right there for you, and you can hit the subscribe button. Thank you for all your support. You want to rock some uh, Be Heard merchandise? Head over to thedopeones.com. Go to thedopeones.com, and you can grab uh, all of our gear. There's a, a special tab called the Be Heard Collection. You can rock Be Heard gear. You can rock uh, more than a podcast gear, uh, J Street Vibes, Deuce and Mo. Dope Ones, it is all available for you there at thedopeones.com. Thank you for your endless support. I hope you'll check out 
Dealer with Casey on ESPN 1320, Monday through Friday at noon. Make sure you download the radio.com app. Register completely free. I promise it doesn't cost you a dollar. They don't spam you or nothing. Uh, just register, search ESPN 1320, hit the heart. We'll see you at noon, and then we'll see you again here next week on the podcast with Damian Barling.